At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. If you weren't here on Wednesday night, this past Wednesday, I didn't start a series. I just had a message. And I've been, been really meditating this message for a while now. And the uh, title of the message Wednesday was Grace and Mercy. And um, since Wednesday, I just felt like because of I have so much on this, I just felt like I was, again, supposed to share it this morning. I don't usually do that, but I have felt very compelled to go into this today and, and share some more. If you weren't here Wednesday, I really encourage you to go uh, on our app or our website and go and listen to that word. It, it, it would bless you. Um, I've, never, I've never, ever in 33 years preached a message on this, ever. And, and it's something that, it's something I've been, I've been working out in myself for a number of months, actually since probably before the first of the year, somewhere around the first of the year, maybe a little bit before, some things that God's just showing me about this because I want, I want things to be clear. And what I'm sharing with you today, I, I want you to really open yourself up to listen and to receive what I'm saying and go back and listen to these messages again because you'll, you'll need to spend time on this to really download this inside of you. And, and I'm telling you, there's something supernatural about this that literally, I, I just have to say that until a while back, I didn't see this clearly. I didn't see it the way that God has given it to me today. And so open yourself up to this today, and, and I really pray that you spend some time going back and listening to the, even if you were here Wednesday, going back and listening to that message and then listening to this today. So, again, the title of this message is Mercy and Gra- or Grace and Mercy. One of the two. Yeah, Grace is before Mercy. <clears throat> um, I'm not going into this today, but what I shared on Wednesday night was that We have to understand the grace of God before we can see the mercy of God working for us. The two are very close in nature, you know, even in definitions, but they're really two totally different aspects of the nature of God. And I want to read the definitions that I gave on Wednesday of grace and of mercy. And there's lots of definitions of the word grace. You, so I'm not, this isn't an exhaustive definition because the, the definition of grace is one word and the definition of mercy is three words. So, but, but, but you need to hear this in where we're going with it, okay? Um, I've defined grace in this series with the word pardoned. And I've defined mercy, the the word grace in the Greek is charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. The word mercy is elios, E-L-E-O-S in the Greek. And the definition for that is pardoned from misery. When the mercy of God is in operation, it 
it has already pardoned you from a life of misery. So you have to receive that. But if you don't understand the grace of God and that you are pardoned from everything in your life and be able to receive that, you know, it's through grace that we're saved first and foremost. And when you're born again and you're saved and you realize that you've been pardoned from everything and you learn to embrace that, that's where the mercy of God begins to have a strength and a power that works on your behalf to liberate you in your life from a life of misery. It's an interesting word, but in the Greek, they use that word misery. Interesting word. A miserable life. Do you know how many people today are living a miserable life? A miserable life. And yet, you've been pardoned through the blood of Jesus from living a life that is miserable. You've been pardoned. You've been liberated and set free from that. You've been given the ministry of freedom, the life of freedom to be free. And yet we have to, be, we have to receive that. He did the work, but then you and I have to be in a place or a position to actually receive it. <clears throat> For mercy to work in your life, there are things that have to get in line. That's why you need a daily routine. The Word of God begins to renew your mind to God's plan for your life. It's the, the, the Word of God is the way God sees you, the way God perceives you and, and your life. And you have to renew your mind with that Word so that the mercy, the power of God will work on your behalf as you receive it. It won't just work because it's there. The mercy will sit there and do nothing for people, and yet it, was, it has a purpose and a plan and an intention for mankind. And if we don't know how to tap it, it won't work for us. The mercy of God. So, I want to read a couple of verses <clears throat> or a couple of passages that I read on... Um, Wednesday, and then I want to interject something else in this. Hebrews 4 and verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Because of what Jesus has done, where he sits at the right hand of the Father in all authority, dominion, and power, he's saying, we've got to hold our confessions in line with what he's accomplished. That's what he said. That's our part. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet he didn't sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of what? Grace. Come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy to find grace to help in time of need. In the midst of the misery or the miserableness of life, the issues of life, the difficulties of life, there's help. And that help is through the mercy of God as a result of understanding the grace of God. 
When you understand that you have been pardoned, then God's not holding anything against you no matter what you do or what you've done. So you mean, Pastor, I can just do whatever I want to do? I didn't say that. No. No, that's not the grace of God. See, because other definitions of the grace of God are God's divine influence, God's divine power working in our lives. But when, when a person understands they're not held accountable for their mistakes, what that does, God made us this way, what it does is that it empowers you and I to do what's right, to make the corrections and make the alterations that we need in our lives to be able to receive the help that we need. Listen, you're not good at being the helper. You're not good at helping yourself and other people if you don't know the real helper. And without the mercy of God, I'm telling you, I, I mean, I, I feel like I've been born again again with the revelation of the mercy of God that God has given me in the, in just, just in the last half a year. That's why I, I really can't preach a lot of this at the moment, but just under the direction of the Holy Spirit because I, I can't get ahead of what God is saying about it. And God wants you to dig deep about this concerning the mercy of God. Most people in their lives feel disqualified because of their mistakes. Most people feel disqualified. So how are you going to do anything in life when you have this attitude that you're disqualified because, well, I screwed up here and I did this thing and I did that bad thing or whatever? I mean, people going back, you know, to before they were saved. Look at all the bad things I did to people. When you get born again and you begin to learn how to be led by the, vo the voice of the Holy Spirit, he'll begin to show you how to make restitution for things that were done wrong. But not always is that to go back and find every single person and make everything right. That's you trying to make it happen. Before I was saved, I got saved right about 18. And before I was saved, I made some stupid mistakes. I did some ugly things and treated people bad and did things that were not right. Ugly things. Am I disqualified today? Without the blood of Jesus, I'm doomed for hell. With the blood of Jesus, I'm forgiven, empowered, and I can do all things through him who is my strength. Can you say amen? That's the mercy of God, but I've got, to, I've got to embrace that. I've got to receive that power to overcome the situations that I face in life. And what I'm going to give you here in a minute is a difficult one. It's just difficult with our flesh what I'm fixing to say because you've got to work it out. You've got to work this out. How many believe the Word of God is true? I mean, believe it, that everything he said in here, he wasn't stuttering, right? He wasn't like, well, I, I kind of mean that, but not really. Well, I meant that back in the 1920s, but not in the years, in the 2000s. You know, it's not relative to now. No, the Word of God is relative to every generation. So, 
Well, let me read this other verse I read Wednesday, and then, I'll, then I want to jump into this other part. Therefore, since we have this ministry, and if you go, this is 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, I didn't give you, 2 Corinthians 4.1. Um, if you go back and read in the, third, the end of the third chapter, he says, therefore, since we have this ministry, and that's the ministry of freedom, as we were singing actually this morning. It's the ministry of being free. That's what you and I have. He says, as we have this ministry of being free, we have received mercy. And what happens when you have the mercy of God? You do not lose heart. You don't lose heart. You don't throw in the towel. You don't give up. You don't lose heart. And you don't lose vision when the mercy of God is working on your behalf. Now, <clears throat> what I want to share with you today Three passages that I want to read about this in. The first one is in Matthew 7 and verse 1. <clears throat> and um, this is the killer. This kills the mercy of God where it shuts the mercy of God down in your and my life when we operate in this. I, I, I'm just telling you, I don't have all this worked out in my soul about what I'm fixing to talk to you about right now. And I am challenging you in a way that you have never been challenged before to go after the revelation and the understanding of what I'm fixing to say to you right now. So follow with me in these, these five verses in Matthew 7, starting with verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. I'll read that again. Judge not. What does that mean in Texas? Don't judge. And if you don't judge, you won't be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, this has to involve other people, right? That's what he's talking about here, about judging other people. And what he's talking about is judging other people with their issues, whatever it may be. Now... <clears throat> If I was to go through Kerrville and grab 100 people and line them up down by the courthouse and go one by one, and I would ask them, uh, do you judge other people? Oh, no, not really. I mean, I mean who, who's, who's going to admit to the fact that, oh, yeah, I judge people really harshly and I'm really, you know, this, and, it, and people aren't going to admit to that. Most people, most of us, are deceived into thinking that we really don't judge people because we don't really know what judgment really is. And we don't know what we're allowing ourselves to be a part of in this type of judgment. Because he said, don't judge. He didn't say don't judge except. He said don't judge. I'm going to say it again. He said, don't judge. Judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. 
So however you judge, then you'll be judged. And with the measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. What, What could you interject right there in the measure? You judge in anger, it's going to come back on you. You judge in hatred, it's going to come back on you. You judge in all kinds of different ways, in a negative way, and it's going to come back on you. Because that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about that judgment is a positive thing. Not in this passage. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? In other words, why do you consider the thing that you're judging your brother with that's a little thing, and yet you don't realize that what you're doing is actually judging him out of the things that you have issues with? This is going to get better. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? One word after that question mark and then an exclamation mark. One word. What does it say? <clears throat> next, next verse. Hypocrite. That's what Jesus called people that do what he's talking about right here. Being quick to judge other people when he said don't judge. So we got to work on how, uh, how do we not judge. Listen. Every situation that comes up in life, you've got a judgment about. Correct? I don't care what it is. Somebody says something, you see something on the news, you have a judgment about that. But how do you judge where it affects you that he's talking about right here? That's why we read earlier, Jesus, our high priest, who's seated at the right hand of the Father, now we're to hold our confessions. We're to speak the word and the word only and not speaking about things about other people. You know, a lot of times people don't want to hear about the issue about speaking about other people, but what I'm talking to you about today is it's not about the person that you're speaking or judging, even if they're doing something wrong, it's about what it's doing to you. I'm saying it again. It's about what it's doing to you. When you put your mouth on other people and and you say, well, you mean, mean, Pastor, we can't say anything? I, I don't know. Work it out. Talk to the hand. Right? I mean, work it out yourself. Work it out with God about how much you can say about specific things. Because I'm telling you, it's working against you instead of for you. Because of what he said here. He said, hypocrite, first remove what's in you, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. 1 Corinthians 11. These next two passages are going to explain what that speck and that plank really look like and what, what they're really about. But I want to give you this simple little definition of judge, to judge or judgment. <clears throat> to pass judgment is to punish or condemn. In other words, when I'm passing judgment on someone else with my mouth, I'm wanting them to be punished for their actions. 
When you hear, when you hear something that somebody's done and it's bad, okay, or you, or you don't like, you, you disagree with it, you have a judgment. But he's saying, hold your judgment. And you're going to see in these ne- next two passages why. What are we talking about today? The grace and the mercy of God. I'm telling you, this is the greatest enemy to the mercy of God working in your life and for you in every way. I'll show you. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 31 and 2. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Now, watch, I want to break this verse down. He said, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Paul said, Paul says this in another passage. He said, I consider it a very little thing to be judged by you because I'm judged by God. So, if I would judge myself by the Spirit of God, then I will not be judged. Let me ask you this. How many people do you think have judgments against you? The Apostle Paul was saying, I consider it a very little thing. He knew he was being judged. I mean, they were all, I mean, I mean, it was, nobody was holding back with the Apostle Paul. After he got saved, he got filled with the Holy Ghost and started ministering the Word and things and miracles and things began to happen. I mean, judgments came from everywhere. He said, I consider it a very little thing to be judged by you because I'm judged by God. What does that mean? That means that When I'm allowing God by the Holy Ghost to judge my heart and I'm getting the plank out of my eye, then I'm seeing clearly how to minister life and mercy, and you'll see this in the next passage, and mercy to other people's lives. So then it's actually like you're not being judged because you don't care what people think. I didn't say it's going to stop the judgment and people's attitudes and spreading lies and saying stuff about you and all these kind of things, but it's going to stop you being concerned and caring about the fact that they have a judgment against you because you're judging yourself. You know what another little piece of that is? Nobody on planet earth, no human being on planet earth is your enemy. You know who your enemy is? The enemy. The real enemy. The devil himself and his demon spirits, they are the enemy. People are not your enemy, and we got to get free from being ruled and concerned about what people think. Because it shuts down the ministry of the mercy of God. He says, but when you're judged... In other words, when you're judging yourself by the Holy Ghost, you're chastened by the Lord that you may not be condemned with the world. Because see, when you're being judged and you're affected by the judgment of other people, 
you're walking in condemnation. But when you judge your heart, I'm talking about God really being able to judge your heart and being honest with you. I don't know about you, but God will talk to me about things. You know what? You were just an absolute jerk in that situation right there. Yeah, but God, you know, yeah, yeah what did they do? It, I, I'm not talking about them. I deal with them on a totally separate basis. I'm dealing with you. And if that's going to bother you, then there's going to be a, a line of people that are going to be in your life, and they're going to continue to bother you every day for the rest of your life. And what that is is a life with no ministry of mercy into you. And I'm going to show you that in this next passage. <clears throat> James 2, and verse 12 and 13. So speak... And so do, speak and do, say it, say it again, speak and do. Think about everything we've talked about in these other two passages of Scripture here. So speak and do as those who will be judged by the law of what? Of liberty. What did we just read back in? In uh, 2 Corinthians 4, he said, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. What ministry is that? The ministry of freedom. So, he says here in James 2, So speak and do as those who will be judged by the law of freedom. The ministry of freedom. So, what does that look like? So it says, speak and do according to what the law of liberty has accomplished. Declare those things on a day-to-day -day basis. As we read Sandra's testimony, she already had developed a daily routine. She already had been speaking over her body. So when the report came, she was ready to attack the report with the report of the Lord. What if she didn't have a, a, a daily routine? What if she hadn't been reading Proverbs? What if she hadn't developed a relationship with God? You get a report like that, and this is what comes out of your mouth. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. Oh, my gosh, cancer is going to take me out. Oh, my God, what, what, what's my family going to do? Oh, my gosh, what, what about this? Oh, my this. Oh, oh, what about? Oh. No, it says, it says here in James, Speak and do as those who have been judged by the law of liberty. How have I been judged by the law of liberty already? I'm judged by the law of liberty in the fact that by his stripes I'm healed. That's already settled. It doesn't matter how you feel, how something looks today. Daily, what needs to be coming out of your mouth is everything that supports the fact that you and I are healed. You know why? Because I've been pardoned from a life of misery. And I'll just tell you this. 
When you're in sickness and disease and it's controlling your life, it is literally a life of misery. It's literally a life of misery. And he said here, speak and do on a daily basis like you're already free. Because what he accomplished didn't just save you, it healed you, it delivered you, it set you free in every area. But there's things in our lives that have to get lined out the way we think, the way we talk, what we do with ourselves, our bodies, our finances. I mean, to be broke and disgusted and wore out and nothing's working and nothing's happening in your life in a financial way, that's a life of misery. Anybody ever been there? Huh? Been there. Done it. It's misery. Don't like it. Eh? I, I've, been, I've been in misery and I've been in the goodness of God and the goodness of God is so much better than the misery. But... But I was in the misery, and God led me out. I had to get things in line, and then I realized I'm not prospering now. I'm not blessed today because I'm so good. I'm blessed and prosperous because of the mercy of God. He pardoned me from the misery. And man, when I got a hold of the fact that I've been pardoned from this miserable life, financially, physically, and in every way, we live our lives out on this planet by the mercy of God who has pardoned us and liberated us. But you know what? The other part of that is the mercy of God helps you along the way. You get fringe benefits even when you don't deserve it. As you're lining your life out, the mercy of God has great patience until you get to that place. You may not be seeing what you want to see today, but the mercy of God is working on your behalf if you'll embrace it anyway. I know I don't deserve it, Lord. I know I feel like I've been disqualified because of the mistakes and the things that I've done. But your word says I haven't, so I'm believing that. And I'm having a hard time. Help my unbelief, Lord. Is anything wrong with that kind of a prayer? No. You're, you're being honest with God about where you're at. But you're developing your life and lining your life up so that you can be on the receiving end of everything that mercy has for you. Look at the rest of that last passage. <clears throat> Watch this. Why did I read that about judgment earlier? Why did I read those verses of Scripture about judgment? I thought we were talking about mercy and grace because of this. For judgment is without mercy. How are you going to be on the receiving end of mercy when you're not showing mercy? And you'll never show mercy when you have constant judgment because your mouth constantly judges other people. As much as you practice the judgment part, you've got to, you've got to three times practice the mercy part. Oh man, in your flesh, your flesh is almost screaming. I don't want to say anything good about that person. I don't want to do anything in that way. Maybe God's just telling you, just ignore it. Just ignore them. Just, just whatever it takes for you to get free of speaking the things out of your mouth about what other people have done to you because that's keeping you in a place of bondage. Watch, he says, 
for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. But watch this. Gosh, I preached this whole thing today to read these last four words. Mercy triumphs over judgment. <laughs> it's a win-win for us if we stay connected to him, if we keep developing our, our, our relationship with him. And then, then what happens is, <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I got to come down there. I don't, I don't know any other way to say this, but <clears throat> there are things coming to your life that you would have thought you would have had to do a whole lot of stuff to get, but the mercy of God's going to manifest it. Amen. How many say amen to that? Amen. How many say amen to that in your life? Things are coming if you will deal with this judgment thing. This issue of judging other people. If you'll deal with the judgment, if what you say and what you do is pleasing to God and you keep working on that, the mercy of God will cover you until you get it, until it becomes real to you. But if you'll do that, you'll never live the rest of your life in lack in any way. Because the mercy of God has already got us covered. It's already mercy. Put it back up there, that last one. Don't forget this. Those last four words in that James 2 passage. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Come on, shout amen to somebody. Shout amen to God. Lift your hands right now and begin to thank Him for the mercy of God that's here for us. Glory to Jesus. Father, I thank You that Your mercy is working on our behalf. Our days of lack, our days of not enough, our days of not seeing manifestation in our physical bodies, our days of not seeing things work on behalf of what You have for us. Those days are over in Jesus' name because our confession is staying in line with what the Master has accomplished. And He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's representing us today. And everything that He says is so, it's so today. And that's where our words and our doing are lining up with in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Can you say amen to that? is so faithful to his word. i got to go back up here. <clears throat> Glory to God. Had to get that out of me. I needed some exercise. Woo! In the name of Jesus. So, don't forget this last passage I'm reading to you today. <clears throat> Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Here lies the key to being, to watching mercy in and through your life triumph over judgment. Here's the key. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the what? The mercies. Next week, I made the decision this morning, next week, no, last night I did, yesterday. Next week, on Father's Day, 
I'm ministering on the Father of mercies. The Father of mercies. Not the Father of mercy, but the Father of mercies. Healing is a mercy. Prosperity is a mercy. Mercies attached to that. Peace of mind is a mercy. Mm -hmm. Anything that you can think of that's contrary to the word, the mercy of God is involved. Watch this. So when you read this passage now, from now on, you're going to think that as you read that word mercies here. He didn't say mercy. He said mercies. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, what I say and what I do. That's how you present it. You understand? What I say and what I do, and I promise you, what you do can only change when you change what you say. It won't change any other way. You don't develop a daily routine, you're going to be beating your head against the wall trying to change and fix the things in the natural and be what? Like the rest of the world, condemned for the mistakes you've made. God doesn't want you condemned. You're not disqualified. Say it, I am not disqualified. I promise you, you are qualified to operate in God's kingdom. He created you for his kingdom. Can you say amen? To present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. We don't get a badge for this. Hmm? We don't get an attaboy or girl. We don't get any of that. This is what we're supposed to do. And do not be conformed to this world or the world's way of thinking, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you, your life, what you say and what you do, proves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And you know what that is? Based on what he just said here, a life where I am free from judgment and totally ruled by mercy. You know where people have a problem with mercy? Yeah, that if we show mercy, then people just get away with stuff. People are already getting away with stuff. People are going to do whatever they want to do. I, I don't care. I mean, you, you're not going to stop people. You, you want to, uh, whatever. I'm not going to even give examples because they're, you know, getting in trouble with examples. <clears throat> anyway, but I'm just saying, you can do whatever you want, how bad it is or whatever. You can do whatever you want to do. Did you hear me? But I'm saying today, that we get a hold of this thing and we make it a part of our life. There's not anything that you can't overcome because most people feel like that their mistakes keeping their life held back and they're trying to get good enough in their own strength and ability to be accepted by God. It'll never work. In all your ugliness, and all that you are and all the mistakes you've made, you've got to develop a relationship with God through what you say on a daily basis and learn to make the changes in what you do because you realize through the things you're saying what his will is. And he said, your life then will prove what is good and acceptable and perfect. Free from judgment and operating in the mercy of God. Can you say amen to that? Again, I want to remind you this. The mercy of God helps us 
to get our priorities right so that we can receive from God. Can you get that? Do you get that today? I, I mean, meditate on that. I'm going to say it again. The mercy of God helps us to get our priorities right so that we can receive from God. If we don't get things right, we'll never receive from God. We're always trying to receive from God, but we're not embracing it by receiving from God because the mercy of God is working for us instead of just sitting as a bystander on the side. Because I'm telling you this, you stay with judgment and you stay judging everybody, mercy won't flow. And you will not be on the receiving end of the things of God. I'm telling you, as I said, as I was ranting and raving down here, no more lack. No more not receiving what God has promised you. I'm declaring today, everybody in this house is healed. Lift your hand high, and even as you're standing in for other people today, I'm declaring today, we are the healed in Christ Jesus. Our bodies are well. Even things that may even lay dormant in your and my body, we declare that they're removed and rooted out of our bodies today in the name of Jesus. Even something that may lay dormant, there's not been a report or anything, we declare that those things are leaving even now in Jesus' name. Have no right in our bodies. Every bone, every muscle, every nerve ending, every joint, every cell, every organ of our bodies, the blood in our body flowing freely, and everything working the way God made it to work. And Father, we know we have a right to receive that today, because of where Jesus sits at the right hand. We're sitting with him, and we receive all that you have for us today. We purpose from this day forward to get our priorities in line, get things lined up the way you want, and remove the judgment from this day forward. We bless you today, we honor you, and we give you great praise, and everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.